Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Flower Pot podcast from the National Botanic Garden of Wales. My name is Bruce Langridge and I'm here today with Catherine Thomas. Hello Catherine. Good morning Bruce. Now Catherine, you are going to be talking to us today about um, the great work the Botanic Garden is doing in uh, communities, mainly in the Swansea area. Uh, but first of all, just give me a little, um, a little bit of background. Just tell me what your job title is first, because again, I always say I can never remember people's job title. <laughs> so I am the project officer for Biophilic Wales. Right, okay. Now, before we get into what is Biophilic Wales, and that's a great word, it's a word I'd never even heard of until the project started. Uh, but just give me a little bit of a background about uh, where you come from, because you're a former countryside ranger, aren't you? And a lot of people around here may well know you from that. Um, maybe. I've been on the telly as well. You Have know? you? Yeah, oh, quite right. a few times in my old job. So yes, I used to, I've, I've been lucky enough to spend a lot of my working life on the most beautiful landscapes in, in, in South Wales, really. I started in the Brecon Beacons, then moved to Gower. Um, yeah, so and I started off as a volunteer, but you know, that's how I got into the job. And even now, I still have to pinch myself and thinking, they're paying me to hang out in these places. Was that with, with the National Trust? That, yes, it was. So I spent 20 years with the National Trust. And what does it mean? What, what does a country ranger do? Countryside ranger do? Oh, there we go. So it could be anything from um, planting trees, controlling vegetation, um, litter picks. I love a beach clean. Oh, That's a very yeah. nice way to spend the spend an afternoon. What, uh, uh, afternoon at Rossilly somewhere? Yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I used to be the Rossilly Ranger. What a job! Oh. But, um, but yeah, this is yes, this new job. Yeah, <laughs> I say new. I've been at it for two years now. So well, I, yeah. well, I know when I saw again when I saw it advertised, or when they were talking about it first of all, going on about biophilic wells. I, I, li- I literally had to Google the word biophilic because I didn't know. I felt a bit daft. I thought, oh, I don't know what this word means. And to this day, I can never give you a definition. Just just give us a definition of what you think of the word biophilic. Um, it's actually, it's not that old a term. I think that it was in, was it in the 50s? It might be even be more, more recent than that. And somebody coined this phrase biophilia. So bio, as in living things, like biology. Mm. Um, and then the philia, this, like, you're attracted to stuff. And this is the point where I've got to avoid, like, you think of necrophilia and... Oh. Yeah, the, yeah. There's all these yeah strange philias which you don't really want to go into. But, but the biophilia is good. But biophilia is the good one. <laughs> yes, it is. So, That's um, lovely. Yeah. So it's just that being being drawn to things, and it basically it's it's about people feel better when they've got a bit of wildlife or nature around them, surrounded by green things. If you think about where you go on your holidays, where you yeah. go, you, t- you, don't t- you tend to go to the coast or to the hills, countryside places. Um, we're always drawn to water, be it a stream or the sea. Um, yeah, and animals as well. I mean, you go to the zoo, you know, or let's say you might come to the gardens here, the Birds of Prey Centre, the Butterfly House. Um, yeah, so we are naturally drawn to these things without even realising we're doing it probably half the time. Yeah, my niece uh, does Reiki and she yeah. said to me once, oh, do you, want, do you want me to give you a bit of Reiki? I said, yeah. no, I'm fine. And she actually said, oh, actually, you've got nature, haven't you? <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> so I think, well, that's that's kind of, your therapy. That's my therapy. Of, I know, it is. It, yeah, yeah, it, well, is. it is. always makes you feel good. And I think this last, you know, the last couple of years, more and more people are realising what nature can do for us. You know, yeah. we've, we've been through, all been through hard times and it's, um, and people are spending, realising that, okay, I can spend a bit more time out in the garden maybe, or walk to the park. It's, it, these things do make yourself feel better. Yeah. yeah. So Catherine, could you tell us why the, uh, who conceived the idea of having a project like 
what you're working on now. Yes, so Dr Natasha Devere, the Head of Science here at Botanic Garden of Wales. Um, it was her brainchild, really. Yeah. Um, yeah, and obviously her, her knowledge is immense, especially on the, the plant side of things, but the looking into the effect it has on humans, perhaps, was a slightly new thing for the garden. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's true that actually. I mean, I know in, in, in old terms, people used to go on about oh, tree huggers. <laughs> it used to sort of be some sort of like negative thing that people would yeah. say about people. And or they'd have a go at Prince Charles for talking to the plants yeah. and all this sort of thing. But I've noticed over the years that people start to go, oh, it's really good, isn't it? When yeah. you go for a walk, then you yeah. get um, uh, these a scientist will come up with a. a, a a paper which says about forest bathing, the fact that once mm. you're in a, in, a, in a woodland, you are actually getting really nice sort of like, um, I don't know what it is, sort of vibes from the wood, yeah. some chemicals from the wood. Yeah, most definitely. And um, and I do a lot of work on uh, um, fungi and we can see that all sorts of things, sort of nature's pulsing and communicating yeah. and I think that that's what we're sort of coinciding in with. It is. And I think Natasha had actually met with someone in the... Swansea Bay area mm-hmm. and, 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 and they must have talked it over about how the two organisations can work together yeah. and they conceived this project which was and they received funding from whom? This is so it's a Welsh government funded project so it's ENRAW which is en- enabling natural resources and well-being which is all part of the Future Generations Act. And this um, what you're doing is I could say it's a bit of a pilot, but actually it's not just a pilot because actually you're doing loads of great stuff, and I think yeah. we're going to get into that in a minute. Yeah. So, Catherine, you joined uh, as to lead this project. Yep. So that was about when was that? Two and a half September years ago. September 2019. Yeah. Oh, blimey, time goes fast, doesn't it? Does. It? And we're going to come on to the other members of staff, but can just just let people know who who you're working with because you've also had to recruit other people. Yes. Yeah, so well, the project itself is a partnership. So we're working in partnership with Natural Resources Wales. Swansea Bay University Health Board, obviously, and Swansea University, and obviously the main partner being the Botanic Garden of Wales. Right. Um, and then on my on my little team, like that's just specifically for the project, we have Elliot Waters, who's our conservation assistant, and then Laura Davis, who's our admin person, and then Laura, Dr. Laura Jones, who's, we've had in the podcast. Yes, previously. there you go. Excellent. Um, Laura contributes so much to the project, so she's she's part of our team as well with um with the Grasslands for Life. Okay, and you're in your uh, base at the science centre. Although during COVID, a lot of you yes. were working from home, yeah. and it's been hard to keep up with what everyone's been up to because you've yeah. been up to so much, mm. so much over the last few years that even before we did this podcast, I've had to chat to you a little bit about yeah. where, where we're up to. Well, just let us know the area that you're working within. Yeah, so it's the Swansea Bay University Health Board, but that sort of like comes all the way across to um, oh god, um, Ponta de Lice in the west and um, little patches of Gower and then goes all the way over to um, Port Talbot on the other end of the east side. And that involves over 40 different health board sites, is this Precisely, right? so those could be hospitals, uh, so big hospitals, say like Morriston, Kevin Coyd, or they could be tiny little health centres, um, so a, a great variety. And also um, learning disability residences as well, we're working with those people too. Now... Uh, like anyone else, you know, if I've had to go to hospital for something, mm-hmm. or it's usually you don't really want to be there, obviously. No, no. But you know, um, but they can sometimes be quite anemic places, can't they? They can often yeah. be surrounded just by tightly mowed lawn, which has little scuffs of mud in it that someone's walked through, and there's nothing there to inspire. It's actually 
from a woman looking at a biophilic response pretty poor. So your role is almost to try and re-energise them in a natural way? Yes, so so very much so. So um, I I have many job titles, Bruce. So one of them is um, like project officer. But I think when I actually applied for the job, it was a biodiversity and green infrastructure officer. So that's what we're talking about. We're talking about bringing biodiversity into those, that, that green infrastructure of the hospitals. That's all the verges and the bits around, like little islands of green in the car park, maybe if you're lucky. And my mission is to bring native wild, wild plants, flowers, trees to the health board site. So I don't want to... I don't want to go down the cultivated route. It's like it's the native things because that's what's best for our wildlife. And it's a little bit more sustainable. Well, not a little bit. Yeah. So mm. considerably more sustainable. Yes. Because it will look after itself to a certain yeah, degree. Totally, it totally. It's, it's, um, you think, I mean, like say, say all the wildflowers that we're that we're planting on sites. The the, the reason why they're wildflowers is they'll just they'll just crop up anywhere given the chance. They, yeah. they, and they look after themselves. They don't need rich soil or anything. But the poorer the soil, the better. Yeah. So um, yeah, if you give these little give nature a chance, a little foothold in these places, and then it sort of looks after itself. You're right. And you visited most of these health board mm. sites to so actually just sort of do an assessment to see how they might benefit from what the project could offer. Yeah, yeah. totally. So the, in the in the first couple of months, I went round them all, um, taking photographs looking at the surrounding area, seeing how big the site was, making notes on how it was being used already. Because there was three things really that, well, pe- three groups that I wanted to benefit. So I had to think about the staff, I had to think about patients or clients, service users, and also visitors and perhaps the local community. For some, like some hospitals are very open, anybody could walk through the grounds. Yeah. Um, and then you have other places which are much more like high security units and things like that. So it was a question of balancing who's going to benefit from this. And perhaps you could have a huge big hospital like Morriston, where there's lots and lots of people going through, like thousands and thousands of people going through, and they might just get like a 10-minute fix of nature from that, from from the work we've done. Or you could take a learning disability centre, say where you have, say, five people living there with support supported by staff, so five, five isn't a lot of people compared to the thousands in Morriston, but those people are there day in, day out. Sure. So it's, it's affecting them almost 24-7, really. So it's balancing these things out. Um, yeah, and it's been, it's been really interesting that the, you know, we, we've all heard about the stresses and the, and the strain that the, the NHS is under at the moment. So it's, it's really come to the forefront that, you know, if we can help out the staff, then it's, it's a real blessing that, biophilic whales was happening at the same time as covid and i know that sounds horrible it's not like we're making the most of the situation or whatever it's um then i'm probably not phrasing that very well but it's really nice that we are here to help those staff when they need it the most so a lot of people who are working in the very stressful situations what you're creating basically is a little bit of nature for them to be able to go and uh, retreat to or just just sit in a, 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 a nicer area rather than just sat on a bit of lawn yes I, and I've, I've seen people Bruce sat they've gone outside for their for their tea break or whatever or lunch and they're sat on like boulders on the ground or bits of fly tipped rubbish in a lay by because there's nowhere else for them to go outside to escape yeah. the wards or their desk their computers so um, it became really apparent very very early on that these people just need they all they need is a bench yeah. outside on a on a patch of grass and 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 a bit of fresh air in their lungs just to sort of like 
gather themselves together if they've had to do something, you know, if, if work's getting on top of them or... Or just, I mean, even if even if you're not in one of those high-stress jobs, you know, it's just good for everybody to get away from their desk for a, for a break, for lunch, for, for and for a breath of fresh air. Yeah, and for patient recovery as well. Mm. I mean, that that's been yes. proven, hasn't it? Yeah, very that, uh, uh, that being amongst nature can really help you recover. Totally. Yeah, I think they've they've even. Even them, is it patients that have a view out of a window or a green green view out the window? Their yeah. recovery is like twice as fast. It's it's phenomenal. So on a practical level, then, Catherine, where do you start? You got you got all these different sites. There's you you got a team, but it's quite a small team. Mm-hmm. Uh, how have you gone about uh, prioritising where to start? Right. Well, for a start, Bruce, I have to say I've mentioned the team that get paid. Ah, our the pay volunteers. Team. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but we are a much bigger team than that. So we, yeah, volunteering is at the core of everything we do, really. Um, and again, that's another sort of well-being boost as well. It's um, volunteering is once they're getting they're getting physical and active, lots of fresh air, and the social aspect of it as well. Yeah. So we would we'd be nothing without our volunteers. But where did you recruit them from? Word of mouth. You know, pe- people that I've known from a previous life, um, Volunteering Wales as well, which is a website which has, you know, lots of people advertise their, their volunteering opportunities on that website. So you can go and go and check them out. Yeah. There's, there's loads of different things you can do. If you if you want to do like nature conservation type stuff, there's lots of those jobs. If you want to befriend an older person, whatever, do the shopping for them, there's lots of opportunities like that. There's admin jobs social media there's lots there's all sorts of things so um yeah i thoroughly recommend i mean that's how i i mean i still volunteer now with you know various different things when i can fit it in um, and it's how i started in my nature sort of conservation career is um through volunteering because if you show that you care enough that you're doing it that you're happy to do it for nothing then obviously you really are passionate about what you're doing yeah can you give me an example of uh, where you physically have done something so far Oh my gosh, we've planted <laughs> we planted lots and lots of native wildflowers and like um, things like um, scabious and meadow yeah. buttercup. Um, knapweed is a great one for the pollinators. Well, we've got there. loads of knapweed on our yeah. wine last National Nature Reserve. Yeah. Um, oh, what a lady's bed straw. Um, nice, nice, and um, lots of and sorry, perennial things like that. So once they once they're in the ground, they should come back year and year after. And um, we've also spread a load of annual seeds like. Um, arable annual seeds yeah. um corn cockle cornflower marigold poppy poppies yeah what's the other yeah. one out? chamomile as well right. so that was a really nice thing we did um and have you done this onto like what we would call amenity grassland around mm. the health yeah course? yeah we've, we've also planted quite a few trees as well and we've gone for like obviously we'd be planting hedges we've, we've done some already but putting in trees with a bit, which are a bit bigger, so you've got that instant impact from them. And relaxation areas is a big thing that, I would, that we've been doing. Like I mentioned earlier about people just need to escape out of the buildings, out for a bit of fresh air. So even some of our relaxation areas are quite elaborate. So we have amazing like landscaped areas with a green roofed, um, like roundhouse style I couldn't use the word gazebo, but it's, it's much grander <laughs> than a gazebo. It's beautiful okay. yeah. at Morrison Hospital. But it, it, so that's a grand one, but another relaxation area is just a bench overlooking some green space. Simple as that. And, and will the, um, in the future, I mean, for the sustainable use of this yeah. sort of thing, so yeah. you've had to work with different hospitals and yeah. uh, medical centres, so you presume that you have to get on well with the people who do all the managing and all that sort of thing, is that right? Yeah, we do, and that their health. But, I mean, and they will put their hand to this. They're not the easiest people to work with because the communication, because it's just a vast organisation. Yeah. And 
and obviously the work we wanted to do, we're, we're working with the estates team that actually get the work done on the ground, but we also wanted to work with staff as well and the, and the occupational therapists because... I mean, perhaps and social prescribing is a big thing that we're looking into as well. You know, like you, you've mentioned, yeah. patients can get a lot out of out of volunteering and getting out, and we can we can provide that opportunity for them. So it's it, it's not just the the people on the ground, the gardening team. It's um it's many different aspects of the health board. But one of the things that I really did want to sort out at the beginning was um that everything we do is sustainable. So if so, everything I'm trying to make it so that actually this do it this way is going to cost you less money. It's going to be less time. It's going to be more efficient. It's going to help you with your carbon neutral goals as well. And um, so less grass mowing. Say it's, mm. um, it's a no brainer. Yeah. And and what we've seen on the verges where we stopped mowing is you don't have to add any plants because it comes up and it's full of oxide daisies. Um, Port Talbot Resource Centre be orchids. No. Really? About seven bee orchids just because we didn't mow the grass. Oh, fantastic. And um, the same in, in Gosinan as well. Um, I think they were southern marsh orchids. So, um, yeah, if you stop mowing, That's it's... Great. yeah, and, we, and we're also trying to um, promote that, that ethos with other organisations and people at home as well. So yeah. we're creating a little a no-mow guide, which will be full of um, like a, a, an ID guide, so you can see, well, these are some of the wildflowers you might see if you stop mowing. That'd be Elliot who's done those, is that right? Yeah, oh, Elliot is fabulous yeah, with okay. the old design and the photographs yeah, and things. That, yeah. Yes, he's very good. Yeah, so and, and we'll, we, we'll get so many copies of that printed up, and then that could go to, say, community councils and things like that, anywhere where there's people are managing a little bit of green space to sort of encourage them to... It, it's, and it's hard. People don't want to let things go wild because it looks untidy. Yeah, we, we're coming up with solutions to that as well. So um, perhaps instead of leaving the whole verge as a big wild wildflower area, we're saying, OK, well, why don't we just mow? We'll have like circular sort of like, it's almost like we created a flower bed. But without any digging or any serious work, we've just stopped mowing in that area and all of a sudden you've got a wildflower flower bed. So, yeah. Yeah, that, that, I love imagination like that because I know it's our gardeners here sometimes yeah. they sort of mow these sort of like weird sort of mazy things and yeah, they go, oh, that? Great, fantastic yeah. it looks like someone cares though doesn't it exactly you've yeah. got an effort in rather than because sometimes if you don't if you just leave it to grow then people think why is it not being looked after anymore we've had some people like saying like is the hospital closing down we've noticed you're not cutting the grass anymore <laughs> oh, so there is a there's this huge um, general public perception we've, that's something we've got to work on we've got to really like let people know why we're doing these things and what the benefits are and once you tell people that, they're like oh brilliant i love it but these are the people that 10 minutes ago were like saying well i don't like it, it looks very untidy what are you going to do about it yeah i've experienced that as well mm. Catherine. and it is actually just a, a chat once people know yeah because otherwise people just think everyone's being lazy or they're trying yeah, to save yeah. money or yeah, something like that exercises yeah but no yeah part of this you've asked you, you started a project called the growing team where you actually ask people to grow wildflowers at home Yes. And this is a this is a sort of activity just only five or ten years ago, if we asked this, we might be happy with getting about thirty or forty people taking part. <laughs> um, th- tell me about that. Yes, so um when the very first lockdown hit, so that was April twenty twenty, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah. Um and we thought this could be bad for biophilic whales. We we are so strongly focused on our volunteers. If our volunteers can't get out, do we do we have to stop the project? How's this going to work? And we came up with I think it might have been Elliot kind of like started the ball rolling, and then we kind of all ju- and just made it bigger and better all the time. Um, this idea of people being able to volunteer from home. So we advertised it and said we'll send you out seeds, 
for these perennial plants. The, obviously, at the very first lockdown, we thought, OK, we're going to be at home for a couple of weeks, I mean, that's fine. Having no idea how long it was all yeah. going to take. We thought, right, OK, you grow the plants at home, and then when we're ready, we'll have a big social gathering on the <laughs> health board site. That didn't happen, of course. Yeah. Um, bring your plants to the health board sites, and you can actually put your plants in the ground on these health board sites. So that didn't quite go to plan, but what did happen was a lot of people grew their plants at home, enjoyed them for the first summer, and then brought them back to the garden here. And then from there on in, we then transported them from the garden to the health board site. So, so anybody that grew plants for Join Our Growing Team, please rest assured, all those plants have gone into health board sites. So we did that the first year, we had 2,000 people. Uh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah. I said we'd be happy with 30 or 40 <laughs> a few years ago. Yeah, yeah. 2,000. 2000 well you know and i don't know if you can recall it was in the news a lot that everybody went gardening mad you couldn't get yeah. compost for love nor money no so we were just there at the right time to provide people with what they needed so um so obviously if they didn't have compost they could have just put a bare, bare patch of ground in the in the garden just take the take away the grass to take away the competition put the seeds in there you didn't need fancy, fancy flower pots. We've had them grown in milk bottles and yogurt pots and takeaway trays right. and all sorts. So people have been very inventive about how they reuse containers as, as plant pots. Yeah. Yeah. So 2,000 people. I mean, we're having to turn people away as well, but it was, you know, it was, it was just one of those things, you know. You, but yeah, so the next year we did it again, but we did it with a slightly different theme. And because one of the things about the project was we wanted, we wanted to do a study into how nature and you know, wild areas improve people's well-being. Now, we all know it's kind of true, and everybody says it, but, you, you know, you need the stats, really. You need to be able to prove it properly. So that's where Growing Together came about. So we did a similar thing again, but this time we did annual seeds, because annual seeds are... You've got much more chance of success there. And we didn't yeah. want to set anybody up to fail. We wanted to have the best possible chance of get, getting some, some plants out of it. And then we, and we, what we also did, we said, right, okay, before we send you the seeds, we want you to fill in a, a well-being questionnaire. So we asked them lots of questions about um, like how they were feeling. We used the Warwick Edinburgh scale, if anybody's heard of that. It was just a really good way of assessing people's well-being. Mm -hmm. A very positively worded questionnaire. Um, and we also asked them about um, like their, their environment at home. Like, did they live out in the sticks? Did they live in a town, in a city? Um, had they gardened before? That sort, those sort of questions, just to get a baseline for where people were. And then we have, we've just done the... Um, in fact, we've just had all the results in from the, the middle survey as well, the middle questionnaire, and the final questionnaire has just gone out. Okay. So if there's any grow, growing together people there that haven't filled in the, the questionnaires, they need to do it now, please. But it's um, that those, que those questionnaires will be part of a big study which um, Swansea University are helping us with. And then we can actually have concrete figures. And that I didn't, did I mention that Growing Together had 6,000 um, participants? Hey, <laughs> yeah, what? Yeah. 6,000? I know. So um, join our Growing <laughs> Team 2000. So we kind of thought, OK, yeah. we'll, do, we'll do that again then. And we run out of, we run out of seeds for 2,000 people yeah. in the first week. You're right. Okay, this is a bit bigger than we thought it was going to be. So, um, yes, yeah, so in the end, we, we went up to 6,000. And we could have done more, to be honest, but again, it's like, okay, the timing for planting the seeds, this is that we kind of just had to put a stop to it at some point. That's a huge study then. Yes. Is really, that's really significant. Yeah. So, yeah, um, yeah so and having, having those kind of like, that such a big data set gives you really sort of bomb-proof results. You know, you can really see... 
okay, this is this is conclusive. That's not just a coincidence or um, yeah. Wow, and the results of this will be out when? Um, probably by the end of this year. And the other thing that we wanted the study to replicate or try and replicate was the effects of um, volunteering and being part of a community and, and the social interaction you get from that. So we have a closed Facebook group as well, which is just heartwarming to look at because everybody's supporting each other. Um, and we've had people as part of the study have actually said, like, this is the nicest Facebook group I've ever been on. There's no, there's no nastiness. There's no, like, little snide comments or anything. Mm-hmm. Everybody just looks after each other. And we're there to moderate it, but we really don't need to because they do it themselves. They're a lovely, lovely bunch of people. I think getting a really lovely volunteer culture is really important. And I know mm-hmm. in the Botanic Garden here yeah. how the volunteers look after each other yeah. as well. I, I, that always warms my heart to yeah. see... Because all, all places like a Botanic Garden and all the work that you're doing, people are really crucial to everything we do. Yeah. And I think nature just naturally brings people together. Somehow or other, it, it brings down the barriers, allows trust, yeah. and uh, just allows people just to enjoy together, sometimes without even saying anything. Yeah. I think that's really beautiful. Yeah. And people have really benefited from that over the last year or so. As soon as we could get volunteers back outside, because we were working outside, it was a, a safer environment than being inside. And they were so glad to be back. And I was, before I got the chance at the end of every session to say, thank you guys for all your hard work, they were thanking me, which is ridiculous. Oh, oh thank you for letting us come out with you today. We've really, really enjoyed it. I was like, <laughs> thank you. Yeah. I've got to have a personal thank you to you, actually, as we're doing that now. Let's just get that out of the way. Because <laughs> you have helped to uh, purchase a brush harvester for our Wineless National Nature Reserve because of the project. So we now have a a machine which allows us to collect wildflower seed from our National Nature Reserve. And this year we've collected over 200 kilograms of wildflower seed, which far exceeds whatever we thought we were going to get. Mm -hmm. And uh, people are buying from us and are spreading all over bits of Wales our wildflower seed, which I think is great conservation. But if it wasn't for you, we wouldn't have been able to do it. So thank you, Catherine. That, that's been really, really great. It's been lovely to be involved in it all. Like you say, it's um, it's just such a win-win, isn't it? To yeah. be able to spread some of the, the biodiversity we have here at the garden and, and just use that for, for restoration or even total like new new wildflower meadows. It's amazing. That's right. And it's even going on the roadside of Swansea, I think, Yes, as well, it which is. Which is going to be really interesting. So, uh, I mean, I, I really can't wait to see the results <laughs> of all these things, you know. I mean, it's, it's one of the things with nature. You've got to kind of take your time, haven't you? You, got, yeah, you she, can't rush it. You she won't be rushed. No, she does it to her own time scale, but, um, yeah. That's lovely. And you've even done something like a floating reed bed. What on earth is that about? Yeah, when I, when I first started the project, I had all these daisies in my head, like, oh, green roofs. Green roofs are really cool and, and, like, cutting edge, aren't they? But I also wanted to do a water feature of some kind. And pond or whatever and that the the headquarters of Swansea Bay University in Bagland they had this very um, man-made sterile water feature it's kind of like a windy sort of canal basically about 50 meters long mm-hmm. nothing happens there it's very and, and the water's a little bit it's not really stagnant but it's not great and we, we came up with this idea of floating reed beds so it's, it's basically um yeah a, a sort of a buoyant platform and you put it's it's like like you would put turf in the garden, but it's obviously plants suited to water plants, aquatic plants. Um, yeah, so we were doing that this week. We put on our waders. Yeah. We got a bit of a paddle in the water. I was there with the camera ready in case somebody fell in. They disappointed me. Oh. 
<laughs> and, and then at one point I thought, hang on a minute, it's going to be me that falls in, isn't it? But um, no, everybody stayed dry. But it was such a neat system that we used. Um, really good. So you put some plants in there, have you, with this? Yeah, so the turf has gone on top. And the idea is that um, we could get a really good soaking. We were sort of like walking over the top of it to push it down into the water. Yeah. And then gradually the roots will just come down from the turf through the, the floating bit, which is like very porous and it's got lots of holes in it. And then they, they, they roots get into the water and then Bob's your uncle, off it goes. What, things like yellow flag? Is it yeah, there? yellow flag in there, um, purple loosestrife, um, some sedges and, and rushes as well. Lovely. Yes. One of our horticulturists, Martin, has been doing the bog garden over the last oh, year. So nice. we kind of all got really back into that again. Yeah. And you can see how beautiful the water plants are and yep. we're kind of reattuned to that. Yeah. That's great. And you're also looking at uh, creating a green canopy as well, aren't you? Yes. So um, the health board want to, want to get involved with the Queen's Green Canopy, which is celebrating the Platinum Jubilee for the Queen. Um, What's that now? Let, let's work that way out. That's oh, oh, don't ask me. I, I can tell you it's next year. Next year. Uh, but um, it's about how many years that is, I'm not sure. <laughs> um, but, um, yeah, so lots of organisations are getting involved, individuals as well, schools... But the, a lot of the health boards are getting involved I don't, in, throughout the UK, not just in Wales, because um, they they anybody's got a little bit of land which hasn't been used, um, plant some trees on it. You, you, know, you plant one tree, plant, plant something in your garden, or you could go big style and plant thousands of trees. Obviously, you've got to make sure, though, that where you're planting the trees is not going to displace a really good habitat already. Yes, that, that's, yeah, that's the, a very this, strong message, that, isn't it's it? It's really yeah, important. Yeah. That if so you, a nice if, meadow or a, a, a flower-rich verge or something. Yeah, if you yeah you don't want to lose what you've already got there. Yeah, it's it's nice to have a bit of variety, isn't it? As well, so it's um yeah. Really important. Yeah, mosaics really really yes. nice, and you know I'm, I'm sure lots of these trees are going to go onto what probably were just like just lawn or just grass yeah. dominated nothings. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Deserts from as wildlifey folks. You know, <laughs> yes, yeah. barren barren places, which will be enhanced greatly with the trees. Yeah. There's all the strands of the project as well. I know. So we've, um, and you've got like uh, uh, Laura and Elliot, actually we've got two Lauras, haven't we? Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, doing their thing. But just give, just give us a brief overview of what else they're doing within the bathroom. I know, I'm, I'm so passionate about um, Inspiring Space, which is the health board work, that I've not mentioned once about grasslands for life or plants for people. So this, kind, this is kind of really building on the strengths of the mechanic gardens here. So um, grasslands for life is all about, you know, tr traditionally, if you wanted to know what, okay, what have we got in here living in this area? So you do a vegetation survey, you put down your quadrat, you do transects, and you look at all the green things you can see living in that area. And if, if, a, if a kestrel went over the top of you or something, or a, then you'd make a note of that maybe. But what Laura, Dr. Laura Jones is doing with Grasslands for Life is she, they're taking soil samples and looking at the DNA, which is absolutely amazing. So, and what we're hoping to prove, obviously this is a pilot, so it's everything's like, oh, we might not get the results that we were expecting, but who knows. But we're imagining that you will find a lot more in the DNA because a vegetation survey is obviously just a snapshot in time, so you obviously you won't be able to see everything. You've seen what's on top. Yeah, exactly, and things, won't, things aren't always growing at the same time, whereas the D, if, it's, if the DNA is in that soil, that's kind of like, that's just like it's there for the whole year or, the, or you know, for indefinitely, you know. Yeah. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, well, there's a bit of a fungi, fungi enthusiast. Yes. I'm dying to see what Laura comes up with that. Yeah. And uh, we did talk about this a little bit on the podcast I did with... Uh, Dr Laura Jones yeah. a few episodes ago so if anyone wants to hear a little bit more do 
do listen to that one. But we're still waiting for the results. I'm kind of yeah. I'm patiently waiting. <laughs> so so it's, it's looking good at the moment, and we've got lots of DNA. It's just, it just, we just need to pull it all together now. So yeah. that's Grasslands for Life. And then Plants for People, which is Elliot Waters' sort of baby, really. He's, in, he's very good with his plants. So that's all about collecting seeds off rare plants in Wales as a sort of an insurance policy. And we've all, like, people might have heard of the Millennium Seed Bank at Kew, but there's an enormous percentage of seed that's not Welsh provenance. So we want to get some Welsh provenance seed into there. And we've also got the National Seed Bank of Wales based here at the garden. So the seed that they're collecting, obviously they can only take a tiny percentage out of the wild population, because obviously we, there's no point us trying to save the species by totally wiping it out in where yeah, we've collected it yeah, from. Yeah. But um, following all those protocols, um, collecting seeds from some very, very rare plants, some, like quite a few of the plants, like you only find them in a couple of locations throughout Wales. Well, do you know, I've, I've been noticing sometimes Elliot and uh, Kevin McGinn, who runs yes. the seed bank, they'll come back one day and I've just been to somewhere really obscure mm. to collect something really obscure. Yeah. And uh, and you can see they're kind of like quite happy. They seem quite well, chipper because they've had a good day out. Well, they should be yeah. quite happy because you imagine the size of these sites and it might be that there's only two or three, well, no, maybe maybe a handful of plants in that. And they've got to get there at the exact right time when the seeds are ripe, they've got to find it. So if they'd actually come back with some seeds, the probability of that is actually is quite amazing. So. I think that's, that is what blows my mind a little yeah. bit. Because we, we, we look at, uh, well, Kevin uh, spends a lot of time looking at the orchids on the wine last mm-hmm. literature, but when they're ready. And they, they take ages. Yeah. You know, and you, you, think, you think, oh, come on. <laughs> but some some plants, they produce a seed really quickly. So yep. that must be, you know, if you're going to be driving a yep. long way, yep. then you have to walk a long way and go yes. to somewhere really inaccessible. You don't want to get there and the seeds are still green, do you? Yeah, or, or you get there and the seeds have already done that. They're on the floor. It's Even like, worse. Yeah, like we totally missed. Because yeah. then you've missed the opportunity for another year. Yeah. And obviously we, we, we've got quite tight time constraints. We're a three-year project, you know. Yeah. If you, if you miss one year, then it's like, oh, right, we're in trouble now. We're not going to, you know, what's the possibility of getting it again? Well, I think on a future podcast, I'm, I want to talk to Elliot and Kevin as well to find out a little bit more about this one. So you we should do, they're how, good guys. And I can, get, uh, bit, I can get a bit jealous about it. But, um, <laughs> so the, uh, the project itself, as you yeah. say, is a three-year project. Yeah. So that means, if I'm doing my thumbs and fingers right here, <laughs> uh, it's going to be coming to a close in next year? Yes, the end of March. End of March, my I goodness know. me. It's, um, but there's there's so much more we could do, so um, yeah. If you never know, if we could, if we can source some funding, it'd be it'd be really nice to carry on for another year. But I've also heard just on the grapevine, I kind of hear because um, I'm working with sort of the, the sort of wildlife world mm-hmm. in, in Wales. Yeah, I can hear all the p- places around Wales. Yeah. Asking me about this. this is what I found really interesting. Yeah. I think Pembrokeshire, they go, oh, what are they do down at Swansea? Now? Oh, that's yeah. what looks really good. Yeah. So I'm not right to think that uh, people start to cotton on what you're doing and, and going, oh, that's, that's a good idea. Yeah, very much so. And, and it's, I've had to reply to a lot of health board sites saying, I'm sorry we're doing Swansea at the moment. But um, you never know, it might extend in future years. They might go for another health board site. And because this, this project is a pilot, obviously everything's written up, there'll be case studies and everything, so we can, that people can use our experiences to, um, you know, our, our successes, the things that we need to tweak to make them better, they can learn from that and go forward. It's a kind of low-cost, sustainable solution, well, not solution, or treatment for yeah. people 
in, in, in our health board sites who, who all need to be treasured. Yeah. And I remember years ago, I did some work in Sheffield and uh, on a hospital around there. And all they were doing were planting uh, spiky plants to keep people out. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know what I mean? So the whole place, you know, they're, they're, they're like Burberry or something yeah. like that. And, and those spiky plants, what they then did is capture all the plastic bags blowing in oh, the wind. Oh, how grim. So the whole thing was really grisly. So hopefully we've kind of moved on from this I or think. are moving on from yeah. this. Thanks to you and thanks to the support of the Botanic Garden. Yeah. Uh, hopefully we're going to make a lot of people's lives richer yes. and, and, uh, and, and just basically improving the natural infrastructure of Wales in its, its own yeah. little way. Yeah, because it's, it's obviously it's improving people's experience when they have to go to hospitals or health centres. Generally, you know, you, nobody wants to go to see the doctor or go to hospital. Um, but if you can, if it went on first sight, you think, oh, this is quite a nice place to be. It's also good for business as well. They've proven that, like, if you if you can landscape an area around, say, a new um, business park or whatever, and make it greener, it's much more likely to attract more business to it. So there's, it's great for well-being. It's great, great for the economy. It's yeah, there's so many benefits. Thank you, Catherine. It's been a pleasure talking to you. You're very welcome.